Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the Nile or Nine podcast. It is myself and Andrea Cleary. Hi, Andrea. That's my way of saying we're recording in the morning. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> it is the morning. Um, we are dedicated. We're up and at them and we're going to talk about some of the best music we heard in July this year, 2022. Mm. Man, it's been a hot one. Man, it's been a hot one. It's a hot one. Um, <laughs> so, I, yeah. you know, the stereo going to do that uh, uh, series of number ones. I don't know if you read it. I shared it in the Discord. Um, if you want access to the Discord, you have to sign up to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash nine. Anyway, um, so <laughs> the number ones is a. a a column that Stereogum do about the number one uh, songs of, in the US charts when they're going through chronologically. And Smooth by Rob Thomas and Santana was there last week. And I can't believe we didn't include that in our in our summer songs. The tidbit, yes, should have been in there. The tidbit uh, I found out there is that um, originally Rob Thomas wanted George Michael to sing that song. So there you go. Bet mm. you didn't know that. There you go. Rob I think it would have been a better song. One of the, I think, I think he was one of the first men that I fancied. <laughs> Rob Thomas. Yeah, cool. I, I, he he's, cool. he sings that song, right? He's the guy. Yeah. He's um, the guy who actually sings it. Yeah, I think I think you know in that like I'm a kid way where I'm like, huh? Are you handsome? I think you might be. Something's um, going on yeah. over there. Something's <laughs> happening. I'm not sure what it is, but I like watching this music video. Um, yeah, what a song. I mean, Jesus. I went to see Santana with my parents uh, in, I don't know where it was. Maybe it was Malahide or something like that. Cool. He played. He played in Dublin once, and the reason I went is because it was Santana <laughs> UB40, and then there was a band called Old Matley. It was okay. in Mighty Park, actually. Who I wanted to go see. This is 2002. 
And I want I wanted to see this band, um, Ozil Mackey, because they were very cool. They're, how would you describe them? They at the time I was really into like uh, Jurassic Five and stuff like that. And mm. Cut Chemist, the DJ from um, Jurassic Five, was also involved with Ozil Mackey. He he was on their album, and myself and my friend Kieran, shout out to Kieran, my nose listens to this uh, podcast, um, were mad into Ozil Mackey. Uh, he bought me the actual vinyl record for the Ozil Mackey, and I really like it. It's like it's kind of like Latin funk rock kind of fun hip hoppy stuff, um mm. bit of salsa buzz. It, it was very cool at the time. I'd never heard anything like it. And so Ozomatly were like third on the bill. I was like, great, I'm gonna go see Ozomatly. Like the album was from nineteen ninety-nine. And of course, they pulled out before uh the gig actually happened. Oh, no. And uh so I still went along and saw UB40 and well, Santana. I mean, Santana. God, it was so boring. <laughs> I would I would see Santana now like yeah well it's just be more than it's just 100% guitar solos everything is an excuse for mm. a guitar solo which is fine yeah. I do remember the UB40 playing that there's a rat in the kitchen song and that's about it really I mean I don't remember much else yeah I, I might have been... enjoyed that gig because I was 11 then and the song about a rat being in the kitchen I would have been all over that all I'm like over, yeah this yeah. is great this is music <laughs> they're just innocent men I was probably <laughs> I fucking love that thing. I don't. Just I don't understand it. Just really. <laughs> bad. Oh, I just. I can't get it's enough so of that. Funny. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh my god. Speaking of funny, I, I've had just the most gorgeous morning listening to. I put on six music, and um, they're playing. Um, so the, the Edinburgh Fringe is starting. Um, so they, their, you know, listeners' playlist or people's playlist, I think they call it, uh, was songs that make you laugh or make you smile. And they played, what did they play? They played um, Food of Fafa by Flight of the Concords. They played United States or whatever. They played um, Manamana and something else. But it was just, you know, like four songs in a row of me absolutely vibing out in my kitchen making my iced coffee and i was just like yeah this is actually going to be a great day so shout out to six music if you haven't heard Fair of them play. they're a little, little known radio station in in the uk funny um, music is hard to do <clears throat> yeah it, it is it definitely is um yeah what was the other song it'll come to me now in a few minutes but um yeah just a lovely lovely morning having a little giggle in the kitchen listening to nice, that, that, nice, those songs nice. yeah funny music is hard to do it is but yeah, I don't think we have any funny songs on our We've no intentionally songs. funny songs. Um, None intentional. Um, yeah. But yeah, will we kick off? Will we jump yeah, in? Yeah, let's go. Best music gonna, of July. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw the ball into your court and you're going to play cool. it back with a, yes, a song. Yes, a backhander. Um, <laughs> that's a tennis thing. Um, yeah, hey, my first song thing. is from um, Returning indie queen of the Irish music industry, uh, which I'm very excited about. It's from Sorka Richardson, back after a break, um, and it's called Shark Eyes, and it sounds like this. Just don't 
There she is now, Sarka Richardson, just announced the Olympia headliner um, as well. So, well, she's got stuff coming up, right? Um, yes, she's got an album uh, coming up, Smiling Like an Idiot, um, which is due out on a date that I don't have in front of me. September, September 23rd. 23rd. That's the one. Um, and I love this track. I really love this track. Um, I love the drums in this track. It's kind of mm. like double time ones in the in the chorus are great. But um, yeah, it's this definitely feels like another step forward from Circa Richardson, whose debut album I loved really really loved um i think she's she's a very unique artist that is is also kind of part of a, a not quite a scene but a certainly a sound in ireland right now and i think that she she really leads the way in the kind of um indie guitar rock pop tunes um this is this is poppier than what we might have heard on the last album from her and i think it it works really well it's got a beautiful music video as well um with uh, comedian Michael Fry making a little cameo, which which is very nice. Um, and yeah, I just think it's great. I've been listening to it just loads and loads and loads this month. Um, it's been a it's been a, a mainstay in the kind of the, the pals group that I have where we just share. We tend to just share Irish music with each other. And this was a this was a big one the day it came out because everyone in there is very, uh, very big fan of hers. So, yeah, Zork Richardson. Great stuff. What a lovely group to be in. Great. Yeah, it's very nice. We okay. have a um, a playlist on. If anyone doesn't do this with their pals, I'd recommend it making a, a what you call it a collaborative playlist on Spotify and just people adding to it. Ours is called Pals FM, um, and it's just the best. Um, so there's a yeah, there's a lot of Sorka Richardson on that. Pals um, FM. How pals lovely. FM. How wholesome. Yeah, yeah it's very wholesome. Into it. <laughs> it's a nice Into it. I okay. love a collaborative playlist. I absolutely. Love it. <laughs> Okay, great. That Sorka Richardson song is called Shark Eyes. I love that track. I think it's definitely one of my favorites of hers so far. Like, I mean, yeah. it, it has that something different going on as well. And, you know, I mean, we've been following Sorka for many years, maybe over, I mean, probably about 10 years now since mm. she was living in New York and we were writing about her. So it's great to see somebody just, you know, really keep at it and uh, grow and build. I, yeah, I wrote mm. about her as a 21-year-old Dubliner in New York uh, wow. in 2012. So great. Like, brilliancy. Okay, my yeah. next song is from an artist who uh, does a podcast with her mother about food. But it's, well, it's supposed to be about food. It's about dinner parties and stuff. It is, of course, Jessie Ware, and the song is called Free Yourself. You are a Now, in my estimation, having seen her at Primavera uh, Sound in Barcelona and then watched her at Glastonbury, Jessie Ware was one of those artists who 
really elevated herself um, in on the live arena. Um, I mean, obviously she's done it before, but it was really great to see her this time around. Um, really, she did this great live set. Did you did you manage to catch any of it? Like her with loads of dancers and really no. like amping up the the disco diva buzz. And uh, she's really good at that. And I think this song is kind of cements that feeling. It's got those big strings and lovely like piano that keeps the song going a lot of floor filling production from Stuart Price aka Le Rhythm Digitals and then also for anyone who may have you might hear a little bit of it there but like the um one of the collaborators from Dua Lipa's album Future Nostalgia Clarence Coffey Jr uh co-wrote that song as well and produced it so really lovely song I just uh I think Jesse Ware is great um and do I do shout out her um her podcast with her mother Table Manners if you haven't heard it uh mm good fun and uh she's been doing some live podcasts recently i think she had sophia spexter on it recently and would recommend uh it's good crack self-esteem was actually on it as well um, that was the other one i mm-hmm. listened to so uh yeah uh jesse where free yourself that was my one of my tracks of the month last month yeah i remember when what's your pleasure came out in 2020 i just wasn't in the form for it at all because it was very celebrated for being like a great uh dancey disco record and i haven't returned to it so i think i'm gonna do that this week i'm gonna have a listen to it because i'm more i'm way more in, in in the form for it and i'd like to get the jesse Ware thing i just haven't given her um time like, i think this is the best part of jesse Ware that kind of upbeat stuff i think she does it really well and mm. certainly that live show was all was not all that but it was a lot of it like it was a lot of mm. big like disco numbers and stuff and i just love that i think you know like Again, like self-esteem, like it doesn't really matter, but like because she's a bit older as well, it's also, you know, as someone a bit older, it's also nice to see that somebody with a long career who's also establishing herself and continues to do that. And yeah, and, you know, not like going, well, I'm older now. I have to start making, um, you know, just ballads and uh, not not dancing and all that kind of stuff. But no, she's Mm -hmm. done the opposite. She's done more. So I think that's great. I do too. Um, my first album that I've chosen for this month's selection is from an artist called Beatrice Laus, uh, aka Biba Doobie. Uh, it's called Beatopia. I've given you two songs now. Could you play the second one first, actually, 1036, if you wouldn't mind? is 10.36 by Biba Doobie, um, going into the playlist of songs that make me notice the time, along with 12.51. Uh, it's a playlist of two songs, but um, maybe it, it will grow. Um, this album is called Beatopia. Um, she is a 22-year-old Filipino-British singer-songwriter um, who I've been sort of following for a while now. I've been quite excited about. I really love her sound. Um she can do kind of very, very pop rocky, like like we heard there, very upbeat, um, kind of 
just kind of joyous, joyously sad um, music, which I obviously like a lot. Um, but also there's a lot of introspection on this record as well. It's kind of the the front half of it is uh, is a bit more upbeat and then um, it kind of grows into this much more uh, introspective vibe. Um, Beatopia is the name that she gave um, the kind of fantasy inner world that she created as a child. Um, she was uh, an immigrant and she was bullied and mocked by her classmates. Um, and she is sort of reclaiming and inviting us into that inner world uh, that brought a kind of a sanct- sanctum during the time when she felt uh quite alienated um she draws on a lot of inspiration from the 90s and the 2000s as her cultural touch points um she counts elliot smith pavement daniel johnson and the juno soundtrack among her musical influences which i really like um and there's also the kind of the 2000s acoustic pop sounds of um maybe a bit of like Corinne Bailey Ray and Natasha Bedingfield and Nora Jones I I can't remember if she said this or if someone said this about her but um it was noted that some of her songs sound like the sort of um the one hit wonders of the early 2000s particularly from women that were all just great songs but didn't didn't go on to kind of form great albums or be hits um which I think is a really good way to describe this album, actually. Um, so for a taste of the other other side of it, um, I've actually chosen the last song. It's called You're Here, That's the Thing. Um, it's really, really beautiful. Um, and it sounds like this. I really like that song. It's very sweet, very, very simple and straightforward, but very, very sweet. Um, it reminds me of a kind of a Matty Healy 1975 kind of sound. Um, and she has worked with him in the past. Um, and I think that she also counts them as uh, as an influence on her songwriting as well. And I think you can really hear it there. But yeah, it's a very, very inviting, very sweet um album without being twee it's definitely not twee it's definitely very intelligently written and um a lot of it's quite expansive even the even the kind of uh more introspective and uh slower more acoustic songs they'll have you know strings or they'll have a bit of synth or they'll have something that just kind of makes it a bit more interesting without going too big um and then the the rockier songs are just you know straightforward great great rock songs so highly highly recommend uh this album i think it's my favorite of the month definitely and really enjoyed listening to it yeah so yeah that's on the uh her album is on the same label or is it the 1975's label certainly management's uh, label dirty yes yeah, some, something like that i'm not yeah. i'm not 100 percent sure but she is She's playing um, uh, the olympia on the 4th of october as well so um, yes go and, and feel 
young or old at that, maybe. <laughs> I'd imagine she's got a very young crowd. But, uh, Just feel some feelings at it, I guess. Um, hi. Yeah, I'm she is young. Some, can you tell me where I can feel some feelings, please? Hi, I'd like to feel something, please. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, Biba Dubi. My first album of this month uh, of July is, uh, it's an odd one. It is called The Koreatown Oddity. It is called Is This For Real? Um, so this is the Los Angeles MC and producer, Dominique Purdy. He's been around for a while, um, since the 2010s anyway. And this is a weird album. It's pitched like, it's on Stone's Throw, a label which I um, I trust and I always try and listen out for whatever they release. Um, and it's kind of, it's pitched like a sketch show mockumentary concept album about inspired by a joke based on the concept that uh, British actors always play black Americans in leading uh, roles in film and TV. So thinking about, you know, think about The Wire and like um, Get Out, you know, Idris Elba and Get Out and uh, people like that who are always playing. Um, and one of the reasons possibly is maybe because, you know, they might be cheaper. Um, but anyway, okay. this is an album that kind of plays with that. So I'm going to play the op- the, uh, the the opening track to give you uh, to set that scene a little here's korea town oddity yo what's up thank y'all thank y'all look i got a confession to make i know y'all may have thought this was my real voice and i know you may have thought i was from los angeles but <clears throat> actually i'm not an american negro what? i'm an english so that's the that kind of sets the scene for what that the album to come but i mean it's not really a like it's not really a true line. It is. It is uh, it's kind of shown in the skits to be, you know, that kind of Korea technology plays with that voice and pretends to be English and like responds to fans and has to put it on. But mostly, I mean, it's kind of a messy album as well. It's kind of it reminds me a lot of um, the likes of like Cool Keith, who does a lot of concept albums. Uh, there's a guy called Rap Ferrara from a couple of years ago. Uh, Open Mike Eagle even's got some Dilla stuff in there. The way the beats uh, work out, that kind of conceptual construction and party has done stand-up comedy in the past and i think that bleeds into this kind of very surreally pitched work i think it works best as an overall uh one standalone one play album but um mm. i'm gonna play a song here called misophonia love now um misophonia if you don't know which i didn't know is a condition in which individuals experience intense anger or disgust at when other people other humans make noise specifically stuff like eating or chomping or lip smacking or breathing um so those are the kind of things that <laughs> this song kind of reference so uh here's misophonia love i know that i'm dope the satisfaction on your face lets me know ain't no need for asking because we are both and misophonia love girl i'll be quiet make you so excited with my silence misophonia love ain't no need to fight it just want to get wrapped up inside it misophonia love we can't avoid it when you get annoyed i enjoy it misophonia love, love, love. so i try to deny with the whole pretty movie love girl i just want to I just want to eat something loud as hell in your ear. I just want to rub my socks together. So, yeah, it's a challenging record. It's not one that makes a lot of sense, really, but like I do enjoy it because it's it stood out to me because it's something different. It's also just 25 minutes long, which, you know, mm. I mean, always nice when there's a short record. Um, So, yeah, obviously phony, misophony, funny kind of play on that word there as well. So. 
so yeah i mean it's a, like that doesn't really give you i could play another song that sounds completely different but look um that's and that's the, that's the premise anyway that's the premise. it's called the korea town oddity the album is called is this for real so that is fun. i will definitely give that a listen that sounds really interesting yeah yeah too i like that i like that second track you played okay look we can't avoid it um an album came out this month and uh, that album is from beyonce and it is called Renaissance Part One or Part A or Side One or something so Act One something like that. Um, yeah, Act is, One, I think of of three. Act One is, is that, that what we're expecting? Um, yes, I'm going to be honest. I haven't read anything around this album. I've just decided to um, uh, remove myself from the narrative, as uh, Taylor Swift might say. But I, I just, I, I, I honestly haven't read anything because I'm not. I still don't really know where I land with the album. Um, so, yeah, when we're talking about it today, yeah. we're we're basically we're considering doing a full episode on it next week. Um, and today is just our kind of initial thoughts on the album because we haven't. Uh, I don't know. Have Have you landed somewhere with it, or? Um, I mean, not really. Is the truth? Mm. I've listened to it. Like, obviously, it came out on Friday. I was at a festival. Friday afternoon I listened to it on the way down listened to it when it first came out on Thursday I've listened to it about five times now um yeah I'm getting into it um, I'm certainly understanding uh where it's coming from obviously it's a it feels like very much like a clubby kind of record or a, a homage to club culture black club culture particularly um mm. if you're familiar with you know the likes of uh Paris is burning in vogue and in, and all that kind of stuff it's like it's very much like uh, that kind of shining a light on, you know, black gay culture, especially. So I'm, I'm, I actually want to go deeper into it. So I would like to do a deeper dive into it in terms of the references, in terms yeah, of the I lyrics, agree. especially. Um, I think musically, there's a lot here that I really enjoy. I think it's very interesting to hear somebody like Beyonce. You know, I mean, who has been through a lot and has spoken about herself a lot in her music i think there's less of herself here i mean there's there's more of like embodying the persona of being a badass um mm. you know and and being on the top and being the alien superstar or whatever but um she's kind of you know like we said would break your soul like i just quit my job there's a lot more uh, less autobiographical writing here i think as well but there also is some of that so it's kind of a mix it's a mix so i really mm. want to go deep into it i want to go deep into the album and its lyrics and uh i'm enjoying the music certainly i think tracks like cozy and i love that sylvester um interpolation as well just those kind of things are really pure and honey there's lots of great stuff happening there um musically so um but it's the the lyrics i really want to go deeper onto so I'm, i think we should look have a chat about it about the album next week yeah i agree um i'm I don't know what the reluctance is, to be honest. I'm I'm really trying with it. Um, and it's not that I don't think it's enjoyable, but there's something that's kind of, there's something that's holding me back about it. Um, and I think it's an authenticity thing, but I'll try to, I'll try to tease that out for next week um, or, or, or change my mind on it. I don't know. Um, but in the meantime, a song that I really, really, really like from it um, is Alien Superstar, as you mentioned. I just think it's a banger um, and just really enjoy it. It's the one, it's the one I keep going back to. Um, and yeah, I, I like it. Vintage crystal off the bar. Category. Bad bitch. 
whip, whip. Yeah, I think the thing about the Beyonce, Beyonce album was obviously a huge deal for around the world and everywhere. It stops time and it stops pop culture. And I think that is interesting. And even watching the discourse is part of it as well. Like I did listen to the New York Times podcast about it, but I can't say I learned a lot from about the album from it. I felt like they were addressing uh, external issues as opposed to the album itself, really. Um, but what kind of external issues were they addressing? Oh yeah, there's issues around like um, samples. There's a sample of a Cleese song that uh, the yeah. Neptunes worked on, but who also produced. But some I of think this it's stuff, important so like, to address all that stuff, though, right? Like yeah, that, but I, that, I mean, I just felt like there was, I want to hear more about the music. Anything. I want to hear more about you know um, what she's talking about, and so I'm definitely looking forward to hearing more about that. And uh, yeah, and actually just get, sitting down. With I the think lyrics. that that might be part of my problem with getting into it is that it's not always clear what's actually coming from her it's not always clear how she's using samples um like it's different to a kind of a Kanye West thing it's not I don't know I don't really know like the Khalees thing definitely left a kind of a sour taste in my mouth I didn't like that um and I think Beyonce as a as an artist and as a person is just sort of um I'm just sort of personally reckoning with the fact that she is, <laughs> as I've recently learned, um, a billionaire. And <laughs> I obviously haven't recently learned that, but I think that this this album is bringing that into a kind of a starker light and it doesn't help with the with the kind of the discourse around um, sampling and and all of that. And yeah, I'm, I'm going to tease it out for next week. Though. I guess. Yeah, what I maybe what, what I learned from say. from that is, uh, you know, obviously it's the milkshake. Uh, song that's interpolated which was done by the neptunes no i'm not 100 mm. sure but like were they involved in that song um i think they were or well i mean they're certainly credited but i don't know if they're because of the sample they're credited or what but they mm. you know they were involved in the album in some way but um yeah i guess so they are what they're talking about on on that podcast is like whether the singer of a track um who didn't produce the track you know it's like she's still it's still mm. her song though you know she's still the credited artist so you know and yeah here, you know. and i think i i think it goes back to a dodgy um contract in Kalisa's kind of early yeah, yeah, career yeah, sure, right. where producers were credited with her music when she was the one that wrote it um or at least was part of the writing process and um, I see it from Khalees' perspective that, you know, Beyonce sings a lot about female empowerment and I don't know, just not crediting her with it. It it just it just seems like something that would have been very easy to do to reach out and say, I want to do this or to credit her and give her her dues on on that song and just sort of didn't do it because um, that would have been actually empowering you know that would have actually been putting her money where her mouth is when it comes to um 
empowering other women, especially in the industry. So yeah, just that, I don't know. It's it's worth going and looking at what Khalees said about it um, on her, um, I don't know what she was, if she was on like Instagram live or, or TikTok or what, but there's the, the clips are around if anybody wants to see them, if anyone hasn't seen them yet. But I, I think she speaks very intelligently about it. And she just seems a bit sick of it because this has happened to her before, she says. So Fair, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like when it's Beyonce not crediting your music, it's like, come on, you know, it's you're just sort of like, you you can do this. No, no one is telling Beyonce no, you can't credit her. Like no one's telling Beyonce no about anything. So, um, it would have it's easier for Beyonce than basically any other artist to actually, you know, put her money where her mouth is when it comes to crediting women and empowering women, but. Unfortunately, she didn't. Um, hopefully, she learns from it. Who knows? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we, uh, anyway, we that's Beyonce. That we'll in deeper we'll, detail next week. Yeah, we'll talk about it next uh, week. Um, meanwhile, a less controversial album from 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 a Welsh artist called Gweno. Uh, so the album I've been listening to uh, a lot is called Treasure, um, which means treasure in the Cornish language, which most of this album is sung by, sung in. It's uh, that's a language with very similar roots and words to the Welsh language. Um, so Gweno's third album is Trezor and released on Heavenly Records. And uh, I've always liked bits and pieces of Gweno's music. Um, I can't remember what the name of the, I mean, they're all they're all in a different language, so I can't really remember how, how to pronounce it. But her first album, there's a few tracks on that that I really enjoyed. And I've always liked, had a soft spot for like some kind of Welsh language stuff, maybe because of Super Furry Animals and stuff as well. But I think Gweno sounds great doing this. And they're going to play... This is a track from it called NYCAW, and uh, yeah, let's play it. So that's just a that's just a little flavor of what um she sounds like uh Gwenos on the album Treasure. It's got a lot of psych pop kind of stuff. There's been a lot of that kind of stuff this year, actually. You think about like Kate LeBon and um, maybe another artist we might be playing later on. Um there's a lot of that kind of music happening at the moment. And I think I really like what she does with it. It's very the Cornish vocals uh, really give it something different and uh psych pop and dreamy pop and like lush kind of instrumentation. Um, now, because the album is in um, Cornish, I do have to trust what the press release says, which it says it explores nature and motherhood and the impact of motherhood on the psyche. Um, it was written in Cornwall just prior to the lockdowns of 2020 and completed at home in Cardiff, along with her co-producer and musical collaborator Riz Edwards. Um, so I really like what I'm hearing here. I really like uh, this album. I really like Gweno. And she's playing in Dublin on October 4th. Is that the same day as... Uh, as Biba Doobie, so you have to you have to pick or choose. Yeah, uh, you can go to Biba Doobie or you can go to Gwen so you have to pick one. <laughs> so the the two genders, Gwen <laughs> and Biba Doobie. Um, very good. Yeah, I re- I really like the sound of that. Um, I was saying to you earlier that um, Gweno is someone that 
I've just kind of seen around over the last month, just haven't gotten around to listen to. So that was my first time hearing her and sounds really cool. I, I too really enjoy Welsh language music. Um, the, yeah, the mm. Super Furries and Scorky Psychotic Monkey. And I just enjoy listening to the sound of Welsh people singing in their own language. Yeah, Gorky's. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I love Gorky's. Um, okay, here we go. My next song. <laughs> 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 just, just getting the suspense up. Um, it's Eight Fivers by Gilliband. There we are, Gilliband. Yeah, literal inventors of rock music. Um, just <laughs> do it so much better than the other bands who sort of sound like them. Do you know what I mean? Like every time they release a song, I'm like, yeah, that's it. That's the that's the platonic song. Um, I love this. It's really funny. Reminds me of the kind of pairs for lunch vibe. Um, it's obviously very funny lyrics. Um, trying to trying to find a decent pair of jeans in town um and i like any song that references spar and aldi and lidl um it's from an upcoming uh record they're playing on the um sorry the 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 new record comes out on october 7th but they're playing before that i believe in the national stadium in uh september um I think that's right. But again, I don't have it in front of me. I'm sorry. It's early. It's very, very early. It's half six. Come on, morning. Andrea. Come um, on. <laughs> I'm very sorry. Um, yeah. yeah. I'll tell you now. The date is. It's actually um, December. Um, December. Oh. It's the 9th to the 12th. 9th to the 12th. 12th. Yeah. Ah, okay. That was my problem. Yeah. 9th to the 12th. On... The Empire in Belfast uh, on the 15th to December as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, really excited for the new album. Um, can't wait for it, actually. Um, I think it's going to be really good. They just, they never miss, you know. Um, and I really, I think the song is great. I, it's very propulsive and strong yeah. and cheeky oh, and so good. fun. They're just really good. Like, they're just so good at what they do. Um, and I love them. I, I Something I find really funny whenever I read about them um like, does changing your name from girl band to Gilliband like matter if every single publication still writes formerly known as as girl band? Yeah, in, like, I guess everything. I mean, I'm like, is that, yeah. Well, I think like you look at Lancome and I mean, Lynch, you know, that's what they used to be called. No one calls them formerly known as. True. So yeah. Maybe just a bit of time. Maybe it's an SEO thing. Uh, yeah. No, it certainly is. Certainly, I mean, I had to have that consideration in terms of. I've written about the ba- a band called Girl Band for many years, and then you have to also tie that yes. into um, what they're called now. So you do have to change. Like, yeah, I, I wonder if af- after the next album, um, it'll start to kind of roll off people's tongues easier. Yeah. I mean, I still, when I'm talking, I'll accidentally call them Girl Band. Um, but 
But yeah, um, maybe that will change. It's been an easy but, switch yeah, to make, it. I have to say. It's been an easy switch yeah, to make. Yeah, it's not like they completely changed it. Um, yeah. And, you know, yeah. They sound, they sound I did get to see them at All Together Now last weekend. And, oh uh, yeah, how were they? Did they pay this? Yes, they were allowed yeah. and it was great. It was very good. Very enjoyable. Loved I think it. they're my favorite Irish live act. I think that's yeah. fair to say. Um, I've seen them a good few times now and every time it's just, yeah. The only gig I don't wear my glasses at because <laughs> I'm just glasses off, pure vibing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, they're brilliant. I think, yeah, I think I'll go see them. I haven't been to anything in the National Stadium yet. Um, Do you know, so, I really like it. I really like it. it's old school, but yeah. you know, it, it works great. I think it's really I heard nice. good things about the about uh, Big Thief there. So, oh, yeah. That yeah. was a great gig. That was one of the best gigs I've been at recently. I mean, uh, well, obviously recently, but like in living memory recently, I'm like that kind of like recently. Mm. I'm like, mm, yeah, that's going to stay with me. <laughs> Good. I love that. Yeah, great. Okay, I'm going to pick an Irish track from, um, so every week I do the Irish tracks of the week um, on nine.com And what I do, my process for that is I go through First of all, irish at nightrun.com. Anyone can send me an email address. If you're an Irish artist, I will listen to absolutely everything that gets sent in. I make a big spreadsheet every week of songs that have been released or about to be released. And then I pick, I try and just cap it at 12 every week because like I've sometimes done 14 because I missed a week or something like that. But I have missed a week in a long time and I'm really very good at it at the moment. And uh, um, mm. as soon as we finish this, I'm going to go and do this week's one. But about three weeks ago, I heard this song. It was sent to me. And I thought it was really lovely. And uh, I think I put it at the top and uh, made her the uh, cover artist, I guess, for it. So this is Sarah Crean. The artist is, uh, the song is called 2AM. awesome I, yeah it's just a lovely confident really like, like track i hadn't heard the artist before and i love when this happens and um, it's got a kind of indie rock glow um a stated influences include japanese breakfast and day glow um co-produced with uh, adam o'leary i just really like it it's a very confident song um uh, a plea for clarity in a relationship words sometimes mean more than actions and yeah one that i'm like yeah, check it out. There's loads of great stuff out there, guys. If you don't, cool. I mean, sometimes is people that need to be her only well. song that she has out, like on her. No, she has a few tracks or... uh, dating back to 2020, and cool. um, yeah, so has oh, a, I see it there. Yeah, seven track album actually from a couple of years ago, uh, and then for an EP, a couple of tracks. So that was my f- first I'd heard. So you know, um, or maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was the first one that grabbed me, but um, I mm. thought it was great and really. Um, one to, to watch so i'll definitely be looking out for sarah Crean. so that's uh c or yeah me too definitely so, yeah. check it out
Cool. Good job, Sarah Crean. Um, my next choice is uh, another Irish artist, um, another artist who is returning to us at long last. Uh, it's Ethan Nessa Francis with Way to Say Goodbye. Vanessa Francis, um, after signing with Partisan, she has a new new label, new uh, album coming out, Protector, coming out on October 22nd, or 28th, excuse me. Um, and it's just really great to have her back. And God, does she sound good. She's just like, she she really came came out the gate with uh, Land of No Junction in, was that 2019 or 2018? Certainly pre... Um pre-pandemonium mm, yeah. but um that that was a, an incredibly strong um album that got a lot of attention kind of everywhere like all across the world not just here in ireland and i really feel like she's expanded her sound she's i i really think she's up there with um uh with what you know Sh- sharon von etten is putting out what cat Bond's putting out it's like she She's really, really, really good. Wow, Lana um, Jones was 2020. Was it 2020? It must have been, yeah, yeah early 2020, was it then? Uh, yes, it was early 2020, because I remember Dean Van Wyn That's right, texting yeah. me, um, sending me the album and said, this is the first great album of the year. Um, and he was right. And yeah, I just think she's, she's, she's an incredible talent. Um, she really has an ear for conveying emotion and... Uh, I guess like a kind of a sense of confusion or liminality or something like she really got that on, on, on the debut. And I think now she's, she's expanding even more, she's growing even more. She has a, a following kind of globally. And I, I have very, very high expectations for, for this album, um, October 28th, as I said, so I'm really, really looking forward to that. Great. Great. Mm. Lovely stuff. Yeah. She's so good. I think she's just getting better and better. That album is brilliant. Um, these first two songs we've heard, absolutely great. I just think, uh, yeah, there's uh, the sky's the limit for Evanessa Francis. I think um, she's yes. one that could be around for a long time. I love when you just, you. I've met, I'd met Evanessa Francis like previously when she was doing a non-music thing, and I mm. love that. Like you just meet these people, and then all of a sudden they're this other thing, and you're like, mm. wow, I had no idea. It's like the first time I met Denise Chyla, and I was like, she was so interesting, but I didn't know. The capacity mm. was there for those kind of things, you know, and I think that's great. It's a, it's a really interesting thing that happens in life. Sometimes you're like, "Wow, that person yeah. is that." I did not know. Yeah, wait, wait till I drop my mixtape. <laughs> Everyone's gonna freak out. No, yeah. no, 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 no. What happened? What's, what's called? What's called? <laughs> um, Dre Day, Dre, Dre, Dre Day. Dre, Dre Day today. Dre Day, Dre Day, Autumn Day. Yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna call it? What are you gonna call it? Um, it has to be some method. sort of, uh, yeah. Autumn girl, autumn version. That's my mixtape. 
Um, well, these are actually the last songs that we're picking um, this week mm. uh, for this month for July 2022. Um, I, of course, every month I do a best of the month. So um, if you're looking to see 20 more songs, that 20 best songs of July, in my estimation, 20 of the best songs of July, all of these songs are in there, including um, the ones we just played, uh, Sarah Crean and the Koreatown Oddity Gillip Band as well actually is in there. Um, the other one I've been really enjoying enjoying a lot of fred again recently he's just been but not generally like it's just his whole body of work as opposed to one specific specific mm. thing um very uh prolific uh, artist when i saw him at primavera um i'm not playing his song i just wanted to talk about it briefly sure. uh, but he has a song with fortet and skrillex and then he did a song with swedish house mafia i've never liked the swedish house mafia song i was like Okay, I like this now, I mm. guess. And he did a boiler room, though. I will shout out the boiler room um, set that was released last week. I think it was last Friday. And uh, certainly one of the hypest, fun looking um, DJ sets I've seen in a while on a boiler room. And I would recommend that. So that's Fred again's boiler room. So do go have a look at that. But the track I picked is actually from an artist called Little Silva. Now, Little Silva has been around a long, 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 long time. I think we're talking like. Probably going back to the same way with Sorka Richardson, like way back till 2012, that kind of thing, but has only just released a debut album. And uh, the album is called Yesterday is Heavy. And uh, this is a beautiful track from it called uh, To the Floor featuring Bad, Bad, Not Good. That's just one of the songs that stood out to me from yesterday is heavy. There's loads of other stuff on it. There's also Sampha is on it twice. Serpent with Feet is on it uh, with vocals. Skyfall as well. A UK rapper we like. Uh, Little Dragon and Charlotte Day Wilson, who have all kind of collaborated with Little Silva in previous guises. Now, I guess Little Silva started as kind of a, a Night Slugs um, UK electronic producer doing a lot of very clubby things. And uh, just I noticed there I had I saw a listing for a little silver to twist the pepper on on an old gig guide in 2014 so oh wow but since then has been doing a lot of um kind of softer sounds and softer kind of music but this is really the first long uh, player um he's done so i think it's great he does a lot of great music he's he's got a he's got a wonderful voice himself and uh so there's lots to recommend with little silver um, do check it out. Yesterday is heavy is the name of the track. So, uh, and the cool. album is called. Oh, sorry, it's the name of the album. Uh, the song is called Two Floor, featuring Canadian band Bad Bad Not Good, who are awesome. very, very good. They are good. Well done. They are. Well done. Nads. They are good. Good. Not bad. Okay. The, yeah, that's it for our music. Uh, I have a few other things that I saw and read. Um, let's see. Oh, okay. Uh, first up is a movie. I went to see Elvis. Have you, you seen want Elvis? to talk about this? Yes, let's let's hear it. Yeah, have you seen it? No, I haven't. Okay, um, it's very good. I really enjoyed it. Um, 
I love Baz Luhrmann. I think you could enjoy it even if you didn't love him. Um, but like you love should love Baz him. Baz Luhrmann? Great. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I love Baz. Um, I think he's great. It's not quite, you know, it is, it is obviously, you know, big spectacle, um, but it's not quite, it's closer to Romeo and Juliet than Moulin Rouge on the kind of spectrum of Baz losing his goddamn mind. Um, okay. Yeah. It's very, very good. Austin Butler is genuinely incredible in it. Um, like he did a year of vocal training so that he could sing like Elvis and mostly it's him singing. And then kind of later, when it gets to the later bits of the film, his voice is blended with Elvis Presley's real voice. And it's done just brilliantly, um, really seamlessly. But also just his his voice in terms of how he speaks. It's just like... There's no, it's it's so hard with Elvis because like we've seen so many Elvis impersonators. Do you know what I mean? Like he's the most impersonated man um, on the planet probably. And it just, it doesn't feel like an impersonation. It really, really feels like you're watching Elvis Presley uh, on the screen. It's very funny as well. It's a funny film, but it's also quite moving at parts, especially the end. Uh, it follows his whole life. Um, the kind of the early scenes where I, I, I think for us in modern times, it's very difficult to imagine the effect that he had on um, on kind of culture and the media with his, you know, like his hip shaking and bringing the devil on stage. But I think I think that really gets across very, very well. There's very, very funny scenes at the beginning when he, he's first starting to do all the all the hip shaking stuff and the. There's women and girls in the audience who just kind of seem like they've they've become possessed nearly. <laughs> That's very, very funny. Um and yeah, uh really, really sort of sort of gets that across. My only criticism of the film is I think that Tom Hanks is now too famous to be in movies. Um, because whenever I was looking at him, I just saw Tom Hanks, uh, which kind of brought me out of it a little bit at times. He's very good in it but I just don't think he should be playing real people because yeah, yeah, he's sure. just, he's like, I'm kind of, I, I think it's kind of okay for him to play characters that don't exist. Um, but if he's playing a real person, I'm just like, well, that's Tom Hanks giving a good performance. Um, whereas with Austin Butler, who only is really kind of coming to everyone's attention now as Elvis, um, it was much more easy to kind of just switch into the mode that he is Elvis. Um, yeah, if there's any justice in the world, Austin Butler will be a huge, huge star. Like he's incredibly talented, and I thought his performance was incredible. Um, I would really recommend going to see it, yeah, like on the on the big screen, because uh, it is. It's not often we get a Baz Luhrmann film. Um, it's been a while, as they say. So yeah, I'd recommend going going to the cinema to see it. Um, what was it was great. Film? That's a good question. Now, let's find out. Baz Luhrmann. Filmography. The Great Gatsby. That was 2013. Wow. Was Gatsby his last film? He must have been doing television since, has he? Um, the Get Down. He did one episode. He hasn't been hasn't been very busy then. No, he hasn't. So that makes sense. I was wondering. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, it's been a while since I watched that Gatsby. I remember liking it at the time. Um, but anyway. Um, yeah, it's really, really good. I'd, I'd highly recommend it for a nice little evening out at the cinema. Um, I really enjoyed it. Mm, great. Lovely. Mm. Um, 
I saw that film um, starring Emma Thompson. Uh, good luck to you, Leo Grand. Mm. Um, it stars Daryl McCormick, an Irish actor as well. Interesting premise, uh, basically about a widow who's never had a fulfilling sex life and hires a sex worker to um, fulfill that. Uh, there are some problems with it, certainly, but it's a very sweet movie um, overall. Certainly not a film I've seen myself about, you know, um, intimacy of somebody who's maybe a bit older and um, how you deal with that and like what she's trying to achieve. And I think it's a, yeah, it's really interesting. It's a nice, it's a nice premise, even if sometimes I think I do have some issues with um, how the sex worker is painted and his background, like as if uh, the sex worker doesn't automatically have to be, have a damaging upbringing in order to be doing sex work. Do you know what I mean? So, um, but I do think it's a sweet movie otherwise, Uh, but it's, yeah, good luck to you, Leo Grand. Um, yeah, I've heard that, good things about that movie. Yeah, worth a watch. Um, I've just been it's really disappointing because she 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 went viral during the press uh, tour of that film for speaking very brilliantly about um, body image uh, issues that women have, um, and then she was cast in Matilda in a fat suit, and you're like, oh, that's that's annoying. <laughs> like she's cast as the the um, Miss Trunchbull. And they made the decision to put her in a fat suit. And it's like, oh, that's not helping. Um, but say la vie. But yes, I've heard good things about that um, about that film. And I really enjoyed her her kind of press tour around it. She was um, just, she's just great. I think, I think I'm right in saying this, that her and her husband rescue hedgehogs and have a little <laughs> sanctuary for them in, her, in their the back garden. That's the most English thing I've ever heard. Oh, she's just the best um yeah i just i adore her i think she's fantastic and i genuinely fully believe that if we met we would become friends <laughs> like i think i think she'd like me do you know what i mean um and they're always my favorite kinds of celebrities um but yeah i have a tv um i started watching the boys um which wouldn't have been something i would have chosen to watch because yeah, I, I, have, I, would, I wouldn't like, have recommended that to you now um, no i know but really? yeah so Har- harry put it on or we we were kind of scrolling through amazon prime or whatever and he was saying i've heard good things about this and i was like is it superheroes and he was like yeah but it's more in the way he described it was like it was more in the vein of kind of watchmen than marvel and i was like okay well i loved watchmen um the recent series so watched it and it's just fun like it's really funny it's very violent it's just sort of like it's not the kind of the marvel thing of just switch your brain off and have explosions happen like it is genuinely funny everyone in it is really good it does sort of like deconstruct the the superhero but not in a kind of a wink wink nudge nudge deadpool way and i liked deadpool but like it's not in a way where it's like, oh, we spent a billion dollars um, to make a superhero movie to appeal to people who don't like superhero movies. Like, it's not that sort of thing either. I just think it's really fun. It's not like you don't have to take it too seriously. Um, have you have you watched it? I've actually watched season one and then I just left it. I didn't yeah. watch it. I think um, we're, we're on to season two now. Um, it's one where I, I kind of have the laptop open and I'm working while it's while it's on. But I think your man who plays Deep is really, really, really funny. Um, he, he plays the, the kind of the aqua. The oh, sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. 
he like that actor he's very very funny um i like the main guy who is um two famous people's son meg ryan and oh somebody is else is? this is yeah. like when we find out uh, uh stranger things uh is or what's her name from stranger things Oh, is, Maya uh, Hawk is, yeah, um, is Ethan Hawk and Uma Thurman. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Jack Quaid is Dennis Quaid, and um, why, of course, thingies. Uh, God, he even looks Me- like Meg Ryan's. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? Like you, you see it when when you when you look at him, you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, he's really good and he's very charming. Has a very like. Seth Cohen from the OC boy next door vibe and I'm like yeah I like I like him he's good um but yeah it's it's funny it's a little bit different if you don't like superhero stuff you might you might still like this um so yeah I've been watching that and then the last thing I have to recommend is um a book of a collection of short stories called Cat Brushing by Jane Campbell um it is a debut collection from an author who turns 80 this year, Eight zero debut collection of short stories about kind of being old slash older, but also like how sex and sensuality kind of comes into that. And they're genuinely brilliant, um, beautifully written, very intelligent and provoking and eye-opening stories um they're all they're all short stories but like they they are like they're they're short in in the short story kind of um uh genre and i i really loved it i i sort of just i sat down to read one or two i was reviewing it um and i sort of sat down early in the week to read one one or two and space it out during the week and i ended up just like absolutely blasting through the whole collection um it's really, really, really beautiful um, and brilliant and empowering and all those things. And funny as well. I don't know if I said that, but very, very funny. Um, and she's 80. It's like, wow, I, lo- I love that. I mean, there's way too many or rather there's way too much emphasis on finding like young uh, collections from young authors or like being excited about like a debut from a young author. And I'm like, no, these people haven't lived life yet. I want to hear from 80 year olds, please. Um, I want to hear about their lives <laughs> um, because they know way more than me and I can learn from that. So, um, yeah, that's cat brushing. It has a, a beautiful uh, cover as well. Um, and that's by Jane Campbell. Lovely. Yeah. Um, TV show I've been watching is um, Better Call Saul, of course. And yeah, uh, me too. I've started watching the new season of Westworld again. And. I don't know. We'll see. We'll never see. got into Westworld. I, yeah, I mean, it's kind of it's it's one of those things. I'm just like I can take or leave this, but uh, I'm yeah. gonna continue. Um, I really want to see uh, Nathan Fielder's new TV show, um, yeah. The Rehearsal. Um, is that's that on out my yet? List. Or, or I think what, the first when... couple is out, but I haven't watched any of them yet. Okay, and I think there's three episodes out, so uh, I really want to okay. see that. And is it the similar? thing like is it a oh um it's or what, well, what, I mean, what it's is the it? rehearsal i mean the first one i've saw is basically some guy wants to um do something uh, like ask somebody something and they he gets basically he comes in nathan comes in to, re- to show to rehearse it 
um, and from okay. every angle before he actually does it. So they kind of like, okay, take, and he hires people to do like to sit. To he creates like a restaurant that looks like the restaurant he's going to be in. To okay, like, in my image, you're asking is, somebody else or something. Is he Nathan Fielder in it? Like he's that same kind of character. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think so. It's exactly. The oh same man, I as what you'd I expect. I genuinely think that he is like maybe the funniest person of his generation, and that Nathan for you was so far ahead of its time that people are going <laughs> to really so properly appreciate it in like oh. 20 years time because it is oh. so it's genuinely the hardest i've laughed in years were some of those nathan for you episodes like you had to be in the is, mood for it for sure i think i think that really helps yeah yeah i just find, I, I could watch he, him do anything like i really i could just follow him around he just makes me laugh so much he's so weird yeah my yeah. partner has not got into him yet so i'm kind of like guess i'm watching this on my own so there's a bit um, of like there's a bit of work you have to do to push through because it is difficult like that sort of humor it's cringe it's cringe it's absolutely that cringe, cringe. that cringe humor that isn't fictional like i could deal with the office um the uk office because i know that these are actors playing characters and that really helps during those very very cringy moments but um or like Kirby enthusiasm or something but i wouldn't usually kind of leap to ones where um where it's real people being like tricked you know and there's like an orca profile about nathan fielder that does address mm. that as well and um, yeah that's worth a, a worth a watch yeah uh, but i think he does it in such a way that like i don't know it's not it's not really like you're there's not, a bit you're, of like they're of not the butt of the joke but it, the, there is a joke around them maybe sometimes yeah but, yeah, yeah. Or, or or sometimes it is the borat thing of like going out into the middle of the the crowd in in like in the south in america and um you, you you know that scene where he's like we'll we'll kill their children we'll behead their wives and and the crowd is like going wild and it's that sort of like mirror being held up thing which is really good but like yeah he's he is the butt of the joke most of the time and then obviously there's that final episode the finding francis thing which is just absolutely amazing and beautiful and just like just the like genuinely the weirdest thing I've ever watched because I'm like I don't know what this is like it just completely um throws away Annie and all convention in either fiction or non-fiction like it's it's genuinely like groundbreaking I, I loved it I absolutely loved it but yeah yeah I must watch his new his new thing very good. Uh, other than that, yeah. I've just been watching. I started watching Shit's Creek because everyone keeps, keeps telling me how good it was. Oh, so it's great! Push through, on. stick with it. It gets better. No, I'm enjoying it. It's just like it's Are the only you? twenty minute TV show, you know, episode TV show I'm watching. So nothing yeah. else I have is like just everything else is like an hour long. You're like sometimes you just want to watch something short and yeah, quick. yeah. Uh, or, Shit's Creek, I will say, beco- becomes itself maybe towards the end of season one it really finds its feet it's a bit like the u.s office in that way it kind of has to figure out mm. what it is yeah great i'm looking forward to watching more of that so excuse me and um, the other thing is uh, uh gigs and festivals last weekend i was at um all together now finally returning after uh two years away um we had great chats on the discord actually i barely got near the discord i'm so busy enjoying myself at the festival that i barely got near the discord but it was great to see what everyone went to see uh, yeah I it seemed enjoyed. to be a real big hit with yeah, um, i mean you know what there was so much music on it was one of those like i wish i could do that all again so i could go mm. and see all those things that i missed like i missed pillow queens i missed amac but i saw self-esteem gilla band um 
so many things like Gemma Levy was brilliant. Denise Chilo was brilliant. God knows and Merley, um, dry cleaning were great. You know, um, I missed house plants, but I saw, you know, um, Anne's or somebody like that. Or what else did I? What else did I see? I mean, let me try to remember what I saw. I was also DJing a fair bit as well on the Friday and mm-hmm. um, or uh, on the Sunday. Uh, Saturday with Lumo and then Sunday I closed out uh, the bandstand which was a lot of fun I really enjoyed um, flight facilities were good crack you know I missed Mary Wallopers but I saw floating points um, I missed rival consoles but I saw Joy Orbison you know there's mm-hmm. just so many things to to see but there's also so many things to miss unfortunately at these yes. festivals when there's like seven or eight or nine things on and then maybe just sometimes you actually just need to sit down for a few minutes and you're like, well, I'm going to have to miss this. But that's mm. the thing. See, Matt was brilliant. Um, King Gizzard and the G- Lizard Wizard were brilliant as well. Just a, a great festival. We had the weather on Sunday. Saturday wasn't so good, but like a lot of fun. There was a lot of fun happening there. It's a great site. I think it's the one to go to if you want a big festival. I love the Arcadia bug and the fire and how they do it um, and how it looks from far away as well. So many places to be without anyone telling you, no, move along, which is great. You know, even late. Yeah, that night, makes a big difference. There's no one going, you, you can't be here or like whatever, or like, there's just so many places you're trusted. You can go down to the, the lawns and the lake and just hang out if you want to have a quiet moment. And there's going to be very few people there. Um, It's a beautiful site. I think, yeah, it's, it's definitely one of my favorite festivals going. Really love it. Really love Brilliant. it. Uh, certainly, and first time I camped in a long time as well, which was uh, mm. actually grand, to be honest. Um, absolutely fine. And of course, the other thing we haven't officially talked about on this podcast is the T-shirt I'm wearing, which is ABBA Voyage. Mm. <laughs> now, I wrote a piece about it, obviously, on the site, but, um, you know, we said we'd, we'd talk about it briefly. But um, if, you're thinking, if you're an ABBA fan, even if you're a fan of spectacles... <laughs> I think mm. the ABBA Voyage show in London is something that almost anyone who's into music should see if you if you can tolerate or love ABBA. If you don't can't tolerate ABBA, I don't know what to do for you. But it is a fantastic experience. It feels like a real gig. It's essentially you're going to see they're not avatars, they're not 3D models, they're not holograms. They are essentially big 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 high pixel 55 million pixel screens in front of you that where they are life size uh, at the abba band uh benny bjorn agnita and frida are uh, full size on stage performing with a band to their left it feels as real as you can get when they're at that size and then they use that as the jumping off point for this big show which involves you know lots of 291 speakers, 500 lights on the roof, this custom-built, uh, flat-packed stadium kind of arena place that has a concourse that is just really nice to be in, that's going to probably move around uh, the world over the next seven or eight years or whatever until ad- until the end of time, probably. It's that good. It's like, this is... ABBA have paid for this themselves. There's no corporate sponsors other than the Ocean Liner who are going to transport it. Um it's a beautiful place to be. 3,000 capacity, loads of seating. If you're bringing older folks and or if you want to sit down and loads of standing and, and dancing room and just an absolutely brilliant spectacle. I'd describe it as like it's some, somewhere between like a, a live gig 
a theme park ride and a theatrical experience. It's somewhere, mm. somewhere between all those three. It's, it feels great. Um, it's a, the music is obviously brilliant. Um, there's lots of opportunities for, for ABBA fans to really enjoy. Like it's like a 95 minutes of ABBA music and all you need, a couple man. of, a couple of surprises as well. So, yeah. uh, and the band are great. I think everything about it is just like, it's so well done. And I don't know who the next band is, who's going to do it, but um, certainly mm. ABBA in their first uh, people to do this kind of show, um, they're the perfect band for this. They are the perfect band to do a sort of virtual show. They are brilliant. It is a brilliant show. I would recommend it highly. Uh, go read my review if you want to see more about it, ABBA Voyage. Um, the detail in the costuming and the 3D stuff is phenomenal. And uh, it's an absolutely amazing show. So, yeah. Great. Go awesome. see it. Yeah, will do. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, okay. This, this, this is going out this today. Week. This is the same yeah. day, isn't it? So, hey, everyone. It is indeed. Um, this is right, nice. Guys, thanks this a was little. a nice morning. Thanks, yeah. everyone. Thanks for listening to the 99 podcast. We'll be back next week. Patreon.com forward slash 99 if you want to support us and join our Discord, as I said. Um, Lots to talk about there and uh, lots to talk about here. Thanks, Andrea, for joining me once again. Thanks, and, uh, Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye. Goodbye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. <laughs> 